Hello, wonderful people, and welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck With The Original. I am your host, Casper. And I am your other hostess, Becky Grimlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays, because... Wednesdays, as always, are for podcast. They are, and we are starting off the wonderful best month of the entire year with our favorite cryptid. Well, one of our favorite cryptids, because... You know, Skinwalker obsession over here. <laughs> One of our favorite cryptids, Mr. Bigfoot himself, which is not me because my feet are as tiny as hobbit feet. <laughs> mine, are, <laughs> mine are pretty tiny. I have tiny, narrow, flat feet. So we decided okay. to ask Mr. Bigfoot himself, my dad. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Or my father-in-law. There's apparently two of them. We There are two Bigfoots that <laughs> are relatively close, close to us. Approximately. <laughs> Very close. One is a little bit older than the other. They could be related. We don't know. It's actually really funny because my dad's nickname at work was Sasquatch. Yep. Because my dad is a very hairy man. I love yes. him, but he is a very hairy yes. man. And so is my father-in-law. <laughs> it's okay. We love them, though. We love them. I love my Sasquatch. We love our Sasquatches. Sasquatch. Sasquatch I. Sasquatchy. 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 Oh, this is going to be great. Okay, guys. guys. So, it is actually Saturday right now, and we just watched a piece of shit. (laughs) And (laughs) we are... um, Uh, I don't even know what to say. I... I, That was a moment of silence. Words. (laughs) That's a moment of silence. What is English right now? It's the most horrible thing we ever watch. No, actually, I take that back. It's not as bad as the chosen. No, I don't think I'll ever see anything as bad as the chosen. That's true. There's been some. There's been some pretty awful ones out there. But so we, in case you guys are like, (laughs) what are you talking about? So we just watched Child's Play, 2019. 2019. No, we did not pay for it. No, we didn't. Because fuck that. We already mentioned that, yeah, we weren't doing that. Um, So if you guys go back and listen to our Child's Play episode uh, a few months back in June, we talked about extensively why we were against the new movie, our issues with the new movie and whatnot. And yeah. (laughs) I have to, I will give it a solid four. I gave it a three and a half. And the reason is because the kill scenes were actually impressive. Yes, they were. I was very impressed with the kill scenes. So was I. But. Oh my god, that doll. I can't get over how horrific. That doll. That doll looks. No. He looks like a claymation. He's like fucking out of Rudolph. He like came out of Rudolph in those fucking Christmas movies, the, the Year Without a Santa Claus and shit. He walked off of those sets and then just was like, oh, let's walk into this movie. He looked like claymation. They threw the doll together so last minute and you could tell. Well, less than two months before the movie was even supposed to come out, they just got Mark Hamill's voice. And can we say it's definitely Mark Hamill's voice? You hear Mark Hamill's voice. You either hear Joker or Mark Hamill, but it's definitely Mark Hamill. Yeah. Like, you know, it's him. Because we were talking about that. Like, there's, if you listen to... Brad Dorif. I don't know why his name was gone. If you listen to Brad Dorif talk normally, he sounds like a completely different person than when he's voicing Chucky. He doesn't sound the same. Right. And I'm not dissing Mark Hamill. 
First of all, I love him. I love Mark yeah, Hamill so much. Yeah, before people want to jump all over us for Mark <laughs> Hamill being the yeah, voice, no. that has nothing to do with it. That's irrelevant. I love Mark Hamill. I love Mark Hamill. We were literally just talking about how incredible, how I grew up with Batman the Animated Series, and he will also always be one of my favorite Jokers. And of course, Luke Skywalker is fucking course, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. But like, no, we got it. You got your money. You got paid. I got you. I see you. It's okay. It's cool, Mark Hamill. But like, the fucking... There was no element of surprise nothing. with his voice. His voice was the same all throughout. Like, you know, he he didn't all of a sudden become evil. He, like, it just, Chucky never moved. So when he moved, it was like, oh my God, like, this doll is clearly moving. Well, like, you were shocked about it. And they make so many references. You know, the thing that the original 1988 Child's Play was so scary about was that he looked like this just very unassuming, cute doll that, was possessed and went crazy and it was hard to believe because he was this cute normal doll and Andy was this cute little kid and in this cute movie little he's kid. like this 13 year old he's deaf nobody acknowledges why that is and then like I feel like they only had the him whole... deaf just to have this the scene where he's in his ear where the where yeah he, because where, he's cause... like an AI and it syncs up like Google to everything so like he synced up to his hearing aid. I don't know. It was just so fucking weird. There was so much about the movie where I was like, I just don't understand this. I don't, I, his name is Chucky randomly. He's like, like Han Solo. Did you say Chucky? Yeah. The kid didn't even give him the name Chucky. It just, he picked the name Chucky. Oh my God. I don't know. There was just so much I could complain about the movie more so than I can say about the good in the movie. And really (laughs) the only good in the movie was the kill scenes. Aubrey Plaza played the exact same role that she played in Parks and Rec. She did. And granted, I fucking love that role, but it's like, (laughs) she literally the first scene they show her, I was like, it's April. She doesn't (laughs) have much of a rage. Uh, you take that back. Why? Have you seen Life After Beth? No. Yeah. Okay. You gotta no. see Life After Beth. Okay, then I'll take it back. She plays a zombie and it's fucking great. I Guys, if you haven't seen Life okay. After Beth, it's fucking hilarious because it's a zombie apocalypse movie. That's a comedy. And oh, that's incredible. That's a great She concept. plays the zombie and her boyfriend is like trying to figure out what the fuck is going on with her and you just watch her deteriorate and she starts eating people. That's amazing. It's so fucking funny. That's an incredible concept. Can I just say how incredible a concept that is? But she also plays a stalker on another movie that's incredible and I can't... I can't place... Hold on. I can't place I, the I'm sorry, the guys. Movie. I literally know nothing about Aubrey Plaza <laughs> except Parks and Rec, and I'm sorry I haven't kept up with her movies. I mean, she's... I'm... How the fuck this turned into Aubrey Plaza out of nowhere? This literally has right. nothing Ingrid to do goes with west. her. Ingrid Goes West is okay. a movie of where she's a stalker, great. and she does a great job in it, so... Anyway. I just wanted to point out, she actually, she's a decent actress. Okay. She really is. I'm sorry, because now we're all of a sudden going to get people, oh my god, Aubrey Plaza is such a great actress. <laughs> Becky, check out her other stuff before you go giving hate. Oh my god, that literally turned into, like, why did I even bring it up? <laughs> that was, like, not even the fucking point. Anyway, 
The movie was garbage. The kill scenes were different. Casper gives it a four. I give it a three and a half. Watch it if you want. Whatever. Moving on. Anyway, Bigfoot. Thanks. So, <laughs> Bigfoot <laughs> is a North in North American folklore said to be a hairy, upright, walking, ape-like creature that dwelled in the wilderness and leaves footprints. Same. <laughs> <laughs> you live. You leave footprints in the wilderness randomly I'm also a very hairy upright walking ape like creature (laughs) especially in the mornings (laughs) I'm sorry that just felt like a perfect opportunity to say same (laughs) that was incredible too you were just like same like what like we just walk right into Bigfoot and I'm like same are you a hairy bipedal hominid that you don't know my life. The wilderness. <laughs> Maybe I'm here in Montana. Maybe I have another life you don't know about. You don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why did the theme song to Hannah Montana just pop in my head? I mean, I really get no! the best of both worlds. I get to live out in the wilderness and I get to live a normal life. I'm like a fucking werewolf, okay? <laughs> He's turning to... <laughs> it's a new moon tonight, actually. Tonight's the night it's happening. I might just turn into him after this podcast. After this podcast, guys, I might go radio silent for a little bit. It's okay. I'm just going to be chilling with my fam <laughs> up in the Pacific Northwest, <laughs> leaving some footprints <laughs> with me and my hairy family. Oh, Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> oh, my God. That was fucking great. Oh, that was okay. amazing. I'm so sorry. I just was like, that was incredible. Though. She's crying. That was Becky's so crying. good. I'm literally <laughs> crying. You don't know my life. You don't know my life. <laughs> you know me. Uh, God. Okay. I can't breathe. <laughs> Uh, depictions often portray them as a missing link between humans and human ancestors or other great apes. They're strongly associated with the Pacific Northwest. Oregon, Washington, and British Columbia, and individuals claim to see the creatures all across North America. Over the years, these creatures have inspired numerous commercial ventures and hoaxes. The the plural nouns Bigfoots and Bigfeet are acceptable, in case you did not know. I don't know know why I laughed when I read that. I just just love that that that's just thrown in there. Like, oh, by the way, if you want to say foots or feets, it's acceptable. If you need to refer to them in plural. (laughs) Like, if you want to say, you can't say meese for moose, <laughs> but you can say feats for foot. Big feats. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> sounds so fucking it funny. Really big does. foot sounds way better than big feats. It really does. Because that sounds like I'm making fun of somebody's feet. I, look, like, at my, oh, look at your big feats. There's big feats over there. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, look at those big feats. Look at those. What are those? <laughs> We're never going to make it through this tonight, yeah, guys. Never. Oh, my God. This is not happening. Folklorists trace the figure of Bigfoot to a combination of factors and sources, including folklore surrounding the European wild man figure, folk belief among Native Americans and loggers, and a cultural increase in environmental concerns. A majority of mainstream scientists have historically discounted the existence of Bigfoot, considering it to be a combination of folklore, misidentification, and hoax rather than living animals. I'm going to start out by saying we both believe in Bigfoot. Just in case you wanted to know. Yes. Because, like I said, my family. 
<laughs> minority. You're like fam. <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> hashtag. What are those? <laughs> hashtag big feet. They are my Crocs. A minority such as anthropologist Grover Krantz and Jeffrey Meldrum have expressed belief in the creature's existence. Like I said, we both believe in him too. Yeah, and if anybody knows the name Jeffrey Meldrum, he's like the most famous anthropologist that believes in Bigfoot. He's typically the one that's like on any any Bigfoot documentaries or Bigfoot shows you'll see on History Channel or Discovery Channel. Uh it's Jeffrey Meldrum's always on there. He's an anthropologist out of Ohio, Ohio, Idaho State University. I'm like that was just too close. They, we we all love potatoes. They're just too close. And we all love potatoes. We, we all do. Love potatoes. Um. So he his specialty is actually based in uh foot morphology and locomotion in primates. So he literally studies and as an anthropologist how primates walk, like literally how they walk, how their feet move. So through foot castings, he's actually been able to, he believes that Bigfoot is real through foot castings that he himself has seen, studied, and even cast. I don't believe he himself has actually had an experience of seeing Bigfoot, but has cast footprints where he believes based on the uh, tracks that it basically that is a, a primate. A primate. And he not thinks a it's a bi- he thinks it's a bipedal primate. Gotcha. In his opinion, based based on the footprints. That's such an interesting thing to study. What do you do? I study the way apes walk. Yeah, I just I've always <laughs> thought that was fascinating. That's interesting, with him, especially in this aspect of Bigfoot, because really the most definitive, and we'll get more into that, but really mm-hmm. the most definitive proof, quote unquote proof, if people don't want to believe in it or not, we do, but proof have been these foot castings that people have shown. And that's just so interesting that he can tell, like, if it was a hoax or if it wasn't a Bigfoot, like, how it moves. That's so interesting. He's really been the one definitively that's been able to tell if foot castings are fake or if they're real. He can actually tell just, I mean, literally in, like, the separation. I've seen him on shows where he'll even talk about, like, the size of the toes, the separation of the toes, the the size from the heel to the toe of the foot, how deep the imprint is in relation to the weight of the creature to even determine its height, whether it's male or female, and its stride. I mean, like, literally, this guy knows how to do all of that just from the castings of a footprint. That's like, cool as fuck, That's dude. incredible. <laughs> I wish I could fucking look at a print know, and be like, right? so that was a like... female who was pregnant and she was a big foot. Like, I'd just be like, that's a footprint. Yeah. It's cool. It's big. It's big old footprint. <laughs> that's a big old. That's a big old. That's a big feet. <laughs> big feet. <laughs> I still can't get past that. I'm so glad I love that was funny, too. Big feet. Well, I'm, I like I said, like when I it. when I've ever referred to them plural, I always say Bigfoots. Yeah, I refer to plural of feet of a foot as feet. As feet, right? But I've never been like Bigfeets. I would never say Bigfeets. Bigfeets sounds like a grocery store it's... that you go to, like an Aldi's. <laughs> Where are you going? I gotta go get my groceries down at Bigfeets. Tell me that does not sound or gas station. Like that would be the theme. 
I'm I'm sure if nobody already in the Pacific Northwest has jumped on that, they should, because that could seriously be a theme for grocery stores or gas stations in that area. If they're notorious for Bigfoot sightings, like why the fuck would you not? I don't know why it just sounds like it, like Bigfeets. Come on down, Bigfeets. Perfection. <laughs> and you got to get one of those waving things. Yes. <laughs> Looks like a Bigfoot. It's like <laughs> come down to Bigfeets. You can't see me, but I'm flailing right now. So moving on. <laughs> People who claim, like I said, this is going to be an interesting be one. Great. People who claim to have seen it describe Bigfoot as a large, muscular, muscular, bipedal, ape-like creature, roughly six to nine feet tall, covered in hair, described as either black, dark brown, or dark reddish. The enormous footprints for which the creatures are named are claimed to be as large as 24 inches long and eight inches wide. Some footprint casts have also contained claw marks, making it likely likely that they came from known animals such as bears, and which have five toes and claws. I did want to make a point of saying that there has been a lot of arguments that Bigfoot sightings have actually been bears. Because there are videos out there, and even more so black bears, where in short strides they will walk on two feet Mm -hmm. like they will walk on two legs Mm -hmm. and of course now they can't do that like for long distances and they don't make very big strides too no they don't every time i hear people talk about if they see one like cross the street or cross the stream or something like their strides are huge like i've heard people say like literally this is how big this creek bag creek bed was and in like three or four strides this fucking thing was across the creek bed there's no way anything a bear can't do that they have little stubby legs they have stubby legs so i could see i could see the that was amazing i could see the (laughs) the castings with the claws being being bear prints Mm -hmm. but sightings where they're saying that they're bears like i i don't believe that their legs aren't long enough and they're not big enough to make strides that long Mm -hmm. but i just wanted to point that out because i know that's been one big argument from skeptics that people that see bigfoots especially in areas like this like the pacific northwest where bear sightings where there's lots of bears black bears in that area that they've tried to argue that what they're actually seeing are bears walking on two feet, not a Bigfoot. But just like you said, a bear doesn't do it for very long either. I've only, like, when I watch, like, a nature show or something, I've only seen them take at least, like, maybe four to five steps. Just a few steps, yeah, Yeah. and that's it. Exactly. Because they're not meant to walk like that. Their bodies aren't built to walk like that. They fat. They too fat. (laughs) They fat. They too fat for they stubby legs. That's okay. Those big feet. We're not going to, you know. They keep getting. I don't the, judge the bears for their they weight. Keep God, the how dare you judge fucking bears on their weight, calling them fat and shit? That's fat shaming bears. You just fat shamed bears. <laughs> I'm sorry. What a wilderness class. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I will do that. I'm. I'm not. I, I'm. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> According to David, is it dangling? Yes. Yeah. The legends pre... First, okay, I'm just going to say to this right now, once I start getting into some names, y'all are going to be fucking doubled over laughing just listening to me try. It gets into some Indian tribe names <laughs> that some I practice, some I'm like, okay, we're just going to wing this. So, you know how we are. If you guys have listened to us long enough. Especially me. We're t- I'm like, what this word? 
What is this? What is I really did go to school, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> we both did. Swear. Hey, you're the one that actually... I, I'm like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> um, so according to David Dangling, uh, the legends predate the name Bigfoot. They differ in their details, both regionally and between families in the same community. Ecologist Robert Pyle says that most cultures have that most cultures have accounts of human-like giants in their folk history expressing a need for some larger-than-life creature. Each language has its own name for the creatures featured in the local version of such legends. Many names meant something along the lines of wild man or hairy man, although other names described common actions that it was said to perform, such as eating clams or shaking trees. Eat that clam. Chief Michelle... Clams are good. Here we go. Chief Michelle of... The Nlaka Pamuks at Lytton, British Columbia, told such a story to Charles, Charles Hill Tout in 1898. He named the creature by a Cilician variant, meaning the benign-faced one. Members of the Lumai Lum- tell tales about Tisemekwes, the local version of Bigfoot. Excuse me. The stories are similar to each other in the general descriptions of the Tisemequez, but details differed among various family accounts covering the creature's diet and activities. Some regional versions tell of more threatening creatures, the Stayaha or the Kui were a nocturnal race. Children were warned against saying the names, lest the monsters hear and come to carry off a person, sometimes to be killed. Sounds like a, a boogeyman. Mm-hmm. type situation yeah. like La Llorona <clears throat> sounds like maybe that was their boogeyman <clears throat> in 1847 Paul Kane recorded stories by the Indians about Skookums a race of cannibalistic wild men living on the p- peak of Mount St. Helens in southern Washington state the actual English translation <clears throat> of that word Skookums means monster does it too. yeah so mm. that's why i think that's interesting that you say that it's probably really similar to their folklore of being almost like a liar owner like even in the wild the wild man aspect i always think of like you know irish cultures and you know german folklores of like people living in hills and caves like coming down and eating kids or you know stealing them and eating them and stuff like that yeah it's just part of their folklore so pennywise yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Every 27 oh, years. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Mary Poppins. <clears throat> no. No, definitely Pennywise. It's different. Different universe. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Less menacing versions have also been recorded, such as one in 1840 by Elkanah Walker, a Protestant missionary who recorded stories of giants among the Indians living near Spokane, Washington. The Indians said that these giants lived on and around the peaks of nearby mountains and stole salmon from the fishermen's nets. Stealing fish. In the 1920s, Indian agent J.W. Burns compiled local stories and published them in a series of Canadian newspaper articles. They were accounts told to him by the Stitz Ailes people of Chehalis and others. The Stitz Ailes and other regional tribes maintained that the Sasquatch were real. They were offended by people telling them the figures were legendary. According to the Stitz Stitz Ailes accounts the Sasquatch preferred to avoid white men and spoke the Lilouette language of the people at Port Douglas, British Columbia, at the head of Harrison Lake. These accounts were published again in 1940. Burns borrowed the term Sasquatch from the 
Halcomalem and used it in his articles to describe a hypothetical single type of creature portrayed in the local stories. About one-third of all claims of Bigfoot sightings are located in the Pacific Northwest, with the remaining reports spread throughout the rest of North America. Bigfoot has become better known as a phenomenon... Phenomenon. Popular... Popular culture. Popular. Then sightings have spread throughout North America. Rural areas of the Great Lakes region and the southeastern United States have sources of numerous Bigfoot reports in addition to the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Great Lakes region is really close to here. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. that's great. In the Bigfoot casebook, authors Janet and Colin Bohr document the sightings from 1818 to 1980, listing over 1,000 sightings. The debate over the legitimacy of Bigfoot sightings reached a peak in the 70s, and Bigfoot has been regarded as the first widely popularized example of pseudoscience in American culture, so much so that according to an Associated Press 2014 poll, more Americans believe in Bigfoot than the Big Bang Theory. Wow. I didn't actually know that. That's (laughs) That's interesting. That's interesting. I wonder what the... uh, what the percentage is in people that believe ba- believe in Bigfoot to people who don't like the um, statistics with that. Just, yeah, that would be an thought. interesting one too to see how many people. Plus, I think there's a lot of people out there that believe Bigfoot was real, but is actually extinct. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I hear Joe Rogan mention that a lot. He actually had. So Joe Rogan did like a six or seven episode show on sci-fi sci-fi called Joe Rogan questions everything that he did with another comment called Duncan Trussell. And on the second episode, they had Dr. Jeff Meldrum on there. And that's when Rogan was pretty well convinced that maybe at one time he existed, but that he's more in the sense of like a homo sapien or gigantopithecus where he no longer exists. Like, maybe he was a relation to an earlier primate or hominid, but no longer Especially because the Native Americans talked about Bigfoot a lot. Yeah. And they saw them a lot. So. Well, like you just said, the majority of the sightings, there was over a thousand sightings reported between 1818 and 1980. So, I mean, 1800s is when a lot of the original sightings started. I mean, you're, but that. More so, you're talking from, like, white men, like, colonists, the Indian I love cultures. how they're, like, they tried to avoid white men. Same. Same. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> We're both, like, preach. Uh, <laughs> Same. <laughs> That's so All funny. the time. Uh- <laughs> no, actually, not really. No. <laughs> she's, she's legit married to a white man, and I have really good friends that are white men. So. But it just... It just, it was a perfect When they said same. that, I was instantly, like... Bitch, yes. Like, <laughs> like, no. Praise Jesus. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. That was awesome. Oh, my God. Okay, so moving on to misidentification. Various explanations have been suggested for the sightings and to offer conjecture on what type of creature Bigfoot might actually be. Some scientists typically attribute sightings either to hoaxes or misidentifications of known animals like bears, which we had discussed earlier, yeah. Particularly black bears, yep. Uh, in 2007, the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, Bifo, Bifro, put yeah, forth... Yeah, Barbro, Brofro. Brofro. 
because he had big feet. The biggest. No, I'm just kidding. Big feet of Brofro. Brofro big feet. We have so many great suggestions for t-shirts that we just say like cheese, Jesus cheese, and Brofro, Brofro for big feet. Like, why are we not funding this? Oh yeah, because <laughs> we're writing this down though. Seriously, these will be Bigfoot. These will be. These will be Bigfoot. These will be. Oh, (laughs) these will be T-shirt ideas that we will seriously have on our Patreon. Not even kidding. These will be Bigfoot ideas. We're gonna do Brofro for Big Feets. We're gonna do Jesus Cheese, and then we're gonna have a DFWTO shirt, and that's what. And of course, Wednesdays are for podcasts. Yeah, we're totally gonna do these ideas for for T-shirts. Brofro for. That's a great fucking shirt idea. Oh my god. We should call our followers Brofros. Brofros. Sorry. Yes, if you would W-T-O like T.O. Brofros. <laughs> if you would like your followers, all our followers' name to be Brofros, we can patent that. <laughs> I'm a Brofro. I'm a Trademark bro-fro for DFWTO. Trademark and copyright. That was great. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so in 2007, the Brofro. Mm-hmm. put forward some photos which they claimed to show a juvenile Bigfoot. The Pennsylvania Game Commission, however, said that the photos were of a bear with mange. However, anthropologist Jeffrey Meldrum, again, and Ohio scientist Jason Jarvis said that the limb proportions of the creature were not bear-like and they were more like a chimpanzee. Yeah, you guys can actually see this picture on Wikipedia or if you just look up 2007 BFRO Bigfoot photo, like, I think the photo looks fake. I think it looks like somebody in a fucking suit. It does. Because of the way they're positioned, it looks like somebody bending over. Or honestly, it could look like a sloth, too. That actually looks like a sloth. Yeah, it a does. lot of people know what sloths look like. They have very long limbs and actually in some pictures look kind of creepy. Like I love sloths, but there's I've seen some sloth pictures where I'm like, ooh, like that thing doesn't even look like it's real. It looks like somebody is like. But I mean, if you look at this picture, the limbs are very long like a sloth. And it looked like somebody just got it on a trail camera. So it's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. It looks like somebody in a suit or a sloth. So I, I personally don't think it's real. I yeah, no. Uh, both Bigfoot believers and non-believers agree that many of the reported sightings are hoaxes or misidentified animals. Author Jerome Clark argues that the Jacko affair was a hoax involving an 1884 newspaper report of an ape-like creature, creature, creature captured in British Columbia. He cites research by John Green, who found that several contemporaneous, oh my God, I'm sorry, contemporaneous British Columbia newspapers regarded the alleged capture as highly dubious, and notes that the mainland guardian of New Westminster, British Columbia, wrote, "Absurdity is written on the face of it." Yeah, that story came out in 1884, so it was in Yale, British Columbia, where supposedly a gorilla was captured that later somehow got wrapped up in being called a Sasquatch. So the original paper didn't even refer to it as a Sasquatch. It was actually a gorilla. And then later the article happened to resurface back in 2003, where there was even more evidence uncovered that there was never even a gorilla captured that when people supposedly showed up to where this cage that it was captured were met by a man saying that no such creature existed so literally the entire thing was just stirred up to be a hoax 
like it wasn't even a gorilla it was literally nothing but <laughs> nothing but there's a lot of people that hold fast that that was an actual real story of a sasquatch being captured and i'm like no. if a sasquatch is ever captured you will know like there will be it will literally probably blow up the internet like it would the internet will crash the news will crash oh <laughs> well, and the biggest thing that will be de- definitive and identifying it as a Bigfoot is that when any hair strands are tested, see, that's the biggest thing is people are like, well, DNA testing, DNA testing. Okay. There to have to DNA test something, there has to be an original source. There's no original source of quote unquote Bigfoot DNA. So even if something is found where hair is tested, the hair would have to be inconclusive. The hair can't match to a human and it can't match to a primate because then that doesn't mean it's a Bigfoot because there's no DNA to test against it. Like if we already had a Bigfoot, then you could test hair samples to say, oh, well these match Bigfoot DNA. We have no Bigfoot DNA to test against it. So, so if they caught a creature and then tested it and it was like, it doesn't match anything. The hair would found. literally have to not match anything. And Which I, I think, think they, hasn't that happened before? I think the only time I've seen that happen was that Tibetan, uh, these Tibetan monks that have that scalp that was tested and those hair results came back inconclusive. Because I, I remember that happening. I've seen that. I think that's the only time I've seen that happening. Because mm-hmm. that they would come back inconclusive. Right. There'd they would no match way anything. To test it to anything. Because exactly. if it tests as primate DNA, then it's a primate. If it tests as human, then it's a human. Very hairy human, but a human. Very hairy. Human. <laughs> and that's that's the whole point that nobody knows if this is if Bigfoot is necessarily a missing link to humans or if it's a missing link to primates and then if that's the case it does it somehow connect us connect humans to primates Mm -hmm. if you believe in darwinism and the whole thing so that's a whole other podcast yeah i'm just like oh god here we go that i already (laughs) pissed off aubrey plaza fans in the beginning god forbid i piss people off like darwinism doesn't exist oh jeez i just i wasn't mad (laughs) no i know you weren't (laughs) i wasn't but i didn't want to deal with people going like you need to watch more stuff at obby plaza in it because you don't know what you're talking about because i could already that's why i was trying to save you i'm like wait fucking hear it coming in where people were gonna go and i'm like jesus christ that's not even what i was was like let me save you Let me let me save you. So now I pissed off Darwinists <laughs> and Aubrey Plaza fans. That's great, thanks. <laughs> Guys, she, I mean, in all reality, there are just some actors and actresses out there that you don't see them in other stuff. And um, I'll just be I honest. actually only got lucky to have seen Life After Beth in that other movie because my roommate wanted to watch them. And I'm going to be 100% <laughs> honest when I say I really don't fucking care. <laughs> it really doesn't matter it really doesn't she's what i love her as a person as an actress but i'm not like what is she doing today kind of like on that level you know what i'm saying you got those actors and you got those actresses where you know what movies oh they're gonna be God. in like tomorrow yeah i have are my favorites and i'm just like cool you were great in parks and rec awesome anyway that actually has happened to me though where i said something about aubrey plaza and i got 
That's what I'm saying. That's why I was like, let me save you. People will, like, <laughs> attack you, and I'm like, get a fucking... I'm so sorry. Get a fucking life. Oh, since she pissed him off Christ. about her, I got one. I hate Shailene Woodley. <laughs> I hate her. Come at me. I hate her, too. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. Pissing everybody off tonight. Come and get me, bitches. <laughs> I'm like, you pissed off the Aubrey Plaza pan- pants. Pans. Fans. Pants. <laughs> pants. Literally pants. Oh my god. Aubrey Plaza pants. <laughs> Plaza fans are pants. <laughs> or wouldn't they be plans? <laughs> plans. <laughs> and I guess Shailene Woodley's would be Shans. <laughs> or Wans. She's choking. Do you need some water? Okay. <laughs> uh, she said shans. <laughs> That's what fucking it is. Shans and plans. Are you a plan or are you a shan? Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. Oh my god, guys. I am so sorry. I don't know what happened, but I'm like... I broke her. I, I It's what happened. There was a glitch. It was a glitch. <laughs> a fucking oh glitch my in god. the Matrix. That was great. That really was great. I had to do that, though, because I was like, if she really pissed off some Aubrey Plaza pants... I did. <laughs> Aubrey Plaza fans? Why? Then let me piss off some Shailene Woodley fans. Shans. <laughs> In all reality, guys, it's not that big of a deal. You like who you like. You don't like who you don't like. Moving on. Anyway, back to Mr. Bigfoot. You better love Bigfoot. Anyway. If you don't love Bigfoot, then you... Even if you don't believe in Bigfoot, if you don't love Bigfoot, you're just a fucking... Narc. Right. Yeah, like, what's wrong with Are you, you a knock? <laughs> are you? you uh, are, are you not, not a knock? Oh my god, you'd think we were drunk right now. And we aren't. And we're drinking water in Red like, Bull. Like, I've had water, Red Bull, and pumpkin spice. You know what? We're drunk on life. That's what it is. That's I think it's just the it fact that we watched that movie. And oh my just, god. Like, <laughs> was like, that was so slap happy. Like, that was so awful. <laughs> oh man. So Tom Bacardi, not Tom Bacardi, there I am with alcohol Whoa, again. and I totally looked at that and said Bacardi too. I was like... Swear to God, we're, we're not, not drunk. drunk. Swear to drunk, we I am really not God. Not God, no. <laughs> so Tom Biscardi is a longtime Bigfoot enthusiast and CEO of Searching for Bid- Bigfoot, Bigfoot Inc. He appeared on the Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Radio Show on July Fourteenth, Two Thousand Five, and said that he was ninety-eight percent sure that his group will be able to capture a Bigfoot, which they had been tracking in the Happy Camp, California area. A month later, he announced on the same radio show that he had access to a captured Bigfoot and was arranging a pay-per-view event for the people to see it. He appeared on Coast to Coast AM again a few days later to announce that there was no captive Bigfoot, which is kind of what Becky explained. Yeah. Uh, he blamed an unarmed, unnamed woman for misleading him and said that the show's audience was gullible. Because that's nice to do yeah, after, you know. I remember that. God, he's a douche. So, on July 8, 9th, 2008, Rick Dyer and Matthew Witten posted a video to YouTube claiming they discovered the body of a dead Sasquatch in a forest in northern Georgia. I fucking... Okay, can I just go on record of saying how much I fucking hate this Rick Dyer guy? And that is all. Um, just the... We're gonna piss off Rick Dyer fans yeah, now. Them, them rans. This guy is a dickhead douchebag. He is just a fucking asshole. Like, he... 
I just hate this guy anyway. We'll get more I'm into the story. Really but gray on how you feel about him. He's an asshole. <laughs> Do you like him though? Nope. Don't okay. hate him. Not at all. Not nope. Okay. Not even. Just wanted serious. to make sure. I was confused. Not even close. So Tom Bacardi. No. Tom Biscardi was contacted to investigate. Dyer and Witten received $50,000 from Searching for Bigfoot, Inc. as a good faith gesture. The story was covered by many major news networks, including BBC, CNN, ABC, and Fox News. I actually remember this because my dad called me. Okay, I haven't explained the relationship between me and my dad when it comes to Bigfoot. My dad, when I was younger, introduced me to The Legend of Boggy Creek. And it was the only horror movie I could handle when I was a kid. And he got me, like, super interested in Bigfoot. And I, I've just, I've loved Bigfoot ever since. And every time there was ever a documentary on about Bigfoot or anything like that, me and my dad always watched it together. So when this happened, I distinctly remember my dad calling me and saying the words, I think they found a Bigfoot. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I remember coming home and he was watching it on the news. My mom never really gave a shit about that, but she was actually interested too. And we watched it on the news, and I just, I distinctly remember this happening. Um, soon after a press conference, the alleged Bigfoot body was delivered in a block of ice in a freezer with the Searching for Bigfoot team. When the contents were thawed, observers found the hair was not real, the head was hollow, and the feet were rubber. Dyer and Witten admitted that it was a hoax after being confronted by Steve Coles, executive director of SasquatchDetective.com. That's so shitty. Because I, I actually remember my dad even telling me that, too. He was like, yeah, it ended up being fake. They better have paid, gave that money back, too. I mean, <clears throat> that's the only... This guy's just an asshole. Like... Because apparently, he... right here, January 2014, same guy, Rick Dyer, perpetrator yeah. of the Bigfoot hoax... Said he killed a Bigfoot creature in September 2012. Yeah. He said, um, outside San Antonio, Texas. He lured it out with ribs from Walmart. Because that's what you do. (laughs) I'm going to go catch me a Bigfoot. I'm going to get these ribs. These ribs from Walmart. He said that he had scientific tests performed on the body from DNA tests to 3D optical scans to body scans. And it's the real deal. It's Bigfoot and Bigfoot's here. I shot it and now I'm proving it to the world. He said that he kept the body in a hidden location and intended to take it on tour across North America in 2014. He released photos of the body and a video showing a few individuals' reactions to seeing it, but never released any of the tests or scans. He refused to disclose the test results or to provide biological samples. He said that the DNA results were done by an undisclosed lab and could not be matched to identify any known animal. Dyer said that he would reveal the body and test on February 9th of 14 at a news conference at Washington University, but he never made the test results available. After the Phoenix tour, the Bigfoot body was taken to Houston, and on March 28, 2014, he admitted on his Facebook page that the corpse was another hoax. He paid Chris Russell on top of Twisted Toy Box to manufacture the prop, which he nicknamed Hank from Latex, Foam, and Camel Hair. Dyer earned approximately 60000 from the tour of his second fake Bigfoot corpse. He said that he did kill a Bigfoot, but did not take the real body on tour for fear that it would be stolen. That motherfucker didn't kill nothing. This guy is totally full of shit. So first of all, his occupation is a used car salesman. So <laughs> that right there doesn't tell you that he's a fucking piece of shit liar. I don't know what, I don't know what is. Like, I mean, it literally could write itself into a movie. Not that all used car salesmen are piece of shit liars. I'm sorry. 
It's usually just a stereotype. They're they're actually pretty cool. Um, the guy that sold me my car was amazing. Um, yeah, the guy that sold me my car was amazing. But yeah, but they're awesome. Most of the but, time, they're you guys know. Yeah, car salesmen are out for money. They typically are, and they fit a certain stereotype. And boy, does this guy! So when I first found out about this guy in the original hoax, what what pissed me off even more is that this guy said he shot a mother and child Bigfoot, which I'm like, you. Heartless, I remember that too. You heartless piece of fucking garbage. And that he just left the, the dead baby Bigfoot body there, but then took the mom. And when the original 2008 hoax came out, he said that the body was real, but that an unnamed government agency took it. So he had to come up with a fake hoax to cover it up before the show came out. This guy is full of shit. Because if that actually happened, though, the government would have had him killed. Because you, if, if, if it was like... Say it was a government thing, and say he was supposed to make up a hoax to fake it. If he would have, if he came out with the truth like that, he would have been fucking killed. You know that's true, idiot. I mean, you literally wouldn't. You would have been rubbed out. Like you would have been gone, and that no one would have. No one would have. If known it was how. an actual, like, if Bigfoot was an actual government cover up, you would have never been able to release anything. And if you did. Like, you came clean and said it was a government thing. Bitch, you would have been shot point blank, gone. And they would have made sure no one ever knew where you were. Yeah, I just hope this guy didn't quit his day job. And is still selling cars. I hope he gave that fucking money back. That's some bullshit. That's $110,000 from the Bigfoot agency for fucking nothing. I hope they sued his ass. I couldn't yeah, find any I, more I information too. about it, but I hope that I hope that they either sued his ass or that he gave back the fucking money before they got a chance to sue his right. ass. They might have maybe maybe they <clears throat> if they didn't sue him, maybe they threatened to and so he Well what money pissed back. me off about what really, really pissed me off about the whole thing is that when people perpetuate hoaxes about stuff like this, it makes it even harder to get any actual research to find out if this story is credible because I do believe there is credible evidence that either Bigfoot still exists or at one time did. And I think that there's multiple, I think that there's different, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? I think that there's different species Mm -hmm. of Bigfoot. I think that there's ones that are here in North America. I think like the Yeti and Russia and the Ukraine, um, well, it could explain why some of them see different hair colors. Yeah, well. like where ones are different, more hot, different breed. I don't want to use the word breed, but breeds. Well, yeah, like I said, where ones are like red, where ones are have red hair, reddish mm-hmm. hair. Ones are described more with like black, all black hair. Yeah, and the Yeti's like white. Exactly to blend so, in with its environment. A lot right. of them, and that would make sense too, that you would have different species that would be able to blend into the environment that they're more accustomed. Too. But anytime you ever have hoaxes like this come out, it makes it even harder to find any actual credible evidence. It makes it hard to find actual scientists that are willing to back it up. That's why I, that's why I praise people and have, <clears throat> anytime I get a chance to watch anything I can about Dr. Meldrum, I praise the fact that he is really out there trying to find actual evidence of its, of its existence. Because he wasn't buying that guy's story from the very beginning. He's like, no. (laughs) No. And if you look, you can Google pictures of the thing. It doesn't fucking look real at all. It looks fake. So I don't even know how regular people. I think just 
sometimes you have those people that are so excited to believe that they just look at it and they go, and granted, it's realistic enough, but no. I'm horror movie fans. It looks like it a prop looks, from a movie. It looks exactly like what you would imagine a dead Bigfoot would look like, which is clearly going to be fake. Yep. Because nobody actually knows what it looks like. Any. It's just kind of more seen in glimpses. Or just shaky videos. Shaky or blurry and Oh my god. What if <laughs> So there was a comedian, rest in peace, Mitch Hedberg, that had a really funny Bigfoot joke where he's like, What if Bigfoot is blurry? That's the problem. There's a large out of focus monster roaming the countryside. We need help. A large out of focus monster. Rolling the countryside. We need help. He's blurry. That's the funniest shit I've ever heard. It is heard. one of my favorite. Anybody out there that is a Mitch Hedberg bit, you will appreciate that. So it's you're basically telling me that all the videos are still. And it's just, <laughs> That's actually what Bigfoot. Bigfoot's just a, a blurry, out of focus monster. <laughs> what if Bigfoot is blurry? That's the problem. We need help. <laughs> I can't. I thought you would appreciate oh that. Oh my god! I, Especially because I can't see. I'm, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play the bit for you after this is over. I am a fucking blind. blind. <laughs> I'm so fucking blind that he would obviously be blurry to me if I didn't. I'm like, like, oh shit! I took my glasses off. God damn it! That's <laughs> what he's supposed to look like. What if like? the world's actually blurry? Oh fuck. What if the world's actually blurry and our glasses have to fix that? Like some they live shit? Actually, that's not possible because people that don't have glasses can see just fine. <laughs> but. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, let's get into some computers. <laughs> Guys, earlier I literally like lapped my tongue. My tongue was like. And I couldn't get out what I was trying to say. <laughs> and your face was priceless. Like, oh my god! See, I don't just do this on the podcast. I talk like this, and I'm yeah. sorry to everyone, You're but like, it no, makes everyone just, laugh. This so. is just life. This is just me as a person. <clears throat> so, Bigfoot proponents Grover Krantz and Jeffrey Bourne believed that Bigfoot could be a relict population of gi- gigantopithecus. Thank you. You're welcome. That's a tough word. If you I was like, I know I can know it say well. it, but. All Gigantopithecus fossils, I almost said foxels, were found in Asia, but according to Bourne, Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. I know, every time I saw that, I'm like, no. <laughs> Many Just species no. of animals migrated across the Bering Land Bridge, and he suggested that Gigantopithecus might have done so as well. Gigantopithecus, would you fucking stop? Fossils have not been found in the Americas. The only recovered fossils of mandibles and teeth leaving an uncertainty about Gigantopithecus's locomotion. Grants, Grants, Krantz has argued that Gigantopithecus blackie could have been bi, is it bipedal? Bipedal. Bipedal, yeah. Based on his extrapolation of the shape of its mandible. However, the relevant part of, it, of the mandible is not present in any fossils. An alternative view is that Gigantopithecus was quadrupedal. Its enormous mass would have made it difficult for it to adopt a bipedal gait. Matt Cartmel recognizes or criticizes the Gigantopithecus hypothesis. 
The trouble with this account is that Gigantopithecus was not a hominin and maybe not even a crown group hominoid. Yet, the physical evidence implies that Bigfoot is an upright bipede, or bipede, gotta pee, biped with buttocks and a long, stout, permanently adducted hallux. These are hominin autopomorphies not found in other mammals or other bipeds. It seems unlikely that Gigantopithecus would have evolved these uniquely homin- uniquely <laughs> uniquely hominin <coughs> traits in parallel. Uh, Bernard Campbell writes that Gigantopithecus is in fact extinct, uh, has been questioned by those who believe it survives as the Yeti of the Himalayas and the Sasquatch of the Northwest American coast. But the evidence for these creatures is not convincing. Yeah, and see, I've always more so believed that it was Gigantopithecus because more so because of the evidence that uh, Jeffrey Bourne, one of the um, anthropologists mentioned about it actually being. uh, So the lower part of the mandible is most of the fossil evidence that they found. And that's why they state that it's hard to, determine whether or not he was bipedal because you didn't have the full skull, the full mandible of him. Um, but I buy more into the fact of him being able to cross. I think the fact the bearing straight is been the biggest evidence of the whole thing. Cause then that would explain the relation between the Yeti and the Sasquatch and Bigfoot of North America, because it could just cross right over from Russia into Alaska, right through Canada, right into uh, the United States. So he's, he's a big one. I just think it's easy because there's there were offshoots from Gigantopithecus that led down into what we know as like, you know, modern day. Well, actually not, not, De- not Neanderthals, because a lot of people mix up Neanderthals and Homo sapiens, which they are actually two separate species. We are we, we here in Americas are actually less related to Neanderthals than we are Homo sapiens, mm-hmm. but they all have some relation that just kind of branches off down the down the tree. But I think either argument could be questioned on whether or not I think it's it's fair to say that they possibly think that Gigantopithecus might have been too big to be able to watch by to be able to walk bipedally, but if his body structure was able to support those movements, then it really wouldn't be all that, you know, hard to say that he wouldn't be like the, the actual structure of the, the, the anatomy of the body. That's what I'm trying to say. Not structure, but the actual anatomy of the body. It's just, like I said, it's been hard to prove because they haven't been able to find any full skeletons of Gigantopithecus, just certain body parts of it. But I think it's very fair to say, I mean, a lot of people forget that before the continents broke off, I mean, if you even look back as far as Pangaea, where all of the continents were connected into one big giant supercontinent before over time, tectonic plates broke up and earthquakes and volcanoes and different things started to reshape the structures. And then all of the continents broke apart and moved away that they did. But Who's to say in that time that where they didn't exist in one part, they didn't cross over the land barriers before the continent split up, even way before the Bering Strait from Russia into North America. I think it's just knowing if you if you're able to open up your mind, 
if you can take away so much as Bigfoot being this like mythological creature and actually open your mind into the history of how we evolved and just how our continents came to evolve, really the story of Bigfoot wouldn't be that out of the ordinary. To think that there wouldn't be some type of missing link hominid that like there are some cryptids out there that I'm kind of like, but that 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 have more evidence in folklore than they do in the actual world, right? Like we have bones, we have skeletons, we have fossil evidence of hominids that lived way prior to what we know as modern day humans. So that you're actually able to say, well, there could be evidence that Bigfoot did exist. Whereas other ones like Wendigos or Skinwalkers or other cryptid stories, there aren't any definitive proof. There's that would be fucking awesome if they found a fossil of a skinwalker. But I mean, like, there's no fossil evidence of a skinwalker. Well, there's skin no fossil evidence of a Yeah, those are those demons. are more mythological, whereas Bigfoot could very possibly be real. You yeah. could find actual It could actually be an animal. Evidence. A real animal right. out there. And like I said, I buy into people believing that Bigfoot maybe doesn't exist now, but did it one time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's kind of all, it all boils down to kind of how you believe in them because like the Loch Ness Monster could very much be real too because there's still species being discovered in the ocean. The ocean is so vast and massive. We don't know what the fuck lives down there. Some right. some areas we can't even get to. Exactly. So we don't know what the fuck lives down there. That's also another very possible cryptid that exists. Yeah. Skinwalkers and Wendigos I feel are very demonically related so I don't think there would ever be any Physical, physical evidence, evidence of them of them that's um, why they're they're more on the spectrum to me of like mythological cryptids mm-hmm. and like um uh hellhounds and, and yeah 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 like stuff like that whereas bigfoot and loch ness i'm like very well oh and can... also for the record since we're on the topic of cryptids i don't believe chupacabras are real it's a coyote with mange it is it's just or, you know, if you ever watched the movie I Am Legend, they just fucked up a coyote and then fucked up another coyote and then they made it and then they made a fucked up coyote. Well, yeah, and the coyote, you know, there are breeds of dogs and coyotes. You know, you have those interspecies mm-hmm. breeds that if they're out there and, you know, I mean, if you guys don't know what a mange is horrible and if you've never seen what a dog or certain animals look like with mange they could look like a fucking monster they could look like something out of this world that you've never seen before because it's a it's a horrific skin disease mm-hmm. and if it's left untreated yeah it looks I mean, like it a motherfucking well, werewolf walking out of the it fucking very well forest. could so yeah i have seen <laughs> pictures of what's believed to be a chupacabra that looks like just a terrible Maybe some type of interspecies of a dog coyote that got horrible mange that's been out in the wilderness, teeth all broken up, skin all ragged and sores and no hair. And yeah, that would look like some fucking monster. Oh yeah, of course. course. But yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't. I that that is the one cryptid story. There's a few out there, but that is one definitively that I just don't. I don't buy into. I also I think don't. Jersey Devil and Mothman are demonically related. Too. Yeah, me too. So. But anyway, yeah, I can't that's wait to do a Jersey day. Devil episode. The mythology I behind can't wait Jersey to do an entire Skinwalker yeah. episode. The oh mythology my God. behind certain cryptid stories. Jersey Devil was like crazy. Jersey Devil's great. Mothman's, Mothman's great, really and Skinwalkers is a real Wendigos are too. and Wendigos up. are too. Oh yeah, God. the mythology behind them is even is sometimes even scarier than the actual fucking story. <laughs> so. Like Wendigos are just cannibalistic yeah. humans. 
Anyway, yeah. another 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 day. Another day. Another podcast. Primatologist or primatologist John R. Napier and anthropologist Gordon Strassenberg have suggested a species of Paranthropus as a possible candidate for Bigfoot's identity, such as Paranthropus robustus, with its gorilla-like crested skull and bipedal gait. Despite the fact that the fossils of Paranthropus are found only in Africa. Well, that's why I brought up the point of Pangea. Right, the whole, like, moving. Yep, exactly. Michael Rugg of the Bigfoot Discovery Museum presented a comparison between human Gigantopithecus and Mega... Mega... Meganthropolis skulls. I kept wanting to say the word mega and separate it. Uh, Reconstructions were made by Grover Krantz in episodes 131 and 132 of the Bigfoot Discovery Museum show. He favorably compares a modern tooth suspected of coming from a Bigfoot to the Meganthropus fossil teeth, noting the worn enamel and the occlusal. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. The Meganthropus fossils originated from Asia, and the tooth was found near Santa Cruz, California. Some suggest Neanderthal Homo erectus or Homo Heidelbergenus. Thanks. To be the creature. I love that she knows. I don't even have to ask. She just, she sees it and she's like, (laughs) she don't, she gonna need help. I got you. (laughs) To be the creature. But no remains of any of those species have been found in the Americas. Yeah, I like I said, that's why I don't buy into Neanderthal. I think they're all connected in one way, but I don't think like Neanderthal, Homo erectus, and Gigantopithecus are all three separate. Somewhere down the line, they're connected, but they're all three separate. But the relation between Gigantopithecus and Meganthropus are very close, and I'm like they said, there's evidence that Paranthropus and Meganthropus were did have a bipedal gait. So that's why I more believe that they're in relation to Bigfoot than I do so Neanderthals or Homo sapiens. So Every time you say Homo sapiens, I wait for you to say homosexual. I don't know why. Damn it, Homo. Crap. <laughs> like those Homo... Homo on the third day. Homo God sapiens. created the, bold, the Remington Bolt Action Rifle so that man could fight the dinosaurs. And the homosexuals. Amen. (laughs) Homo sapiens. No. Wrong ones. Homo sapiens. Wrong ones. So they were gay. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's okay. I love it. So, um... In 2013, ZooBank, which is a non-governmental organization uh, generally accepted by zoologists to assign species names approved the registration of a request for the species name Homo sapien cognatus to be used for the reputed hominid more familiarly known as Bigfoot or Sasquatch. The request was made by Melba Ketchum, who is the lead scientist of the Sasquatch Genome Project. I actually do remember hearing about this. Following publication of the novel North American homonyms, the next generation sequencing of three whole genomes and associated studies. The article examined 111 samples of blood tissue and hair and other specimens categorized and hypothesized to have been obtained from elusive homonyms in North American, commonly referred to as Sasquatch. ZooBank is an adjunct to the International Commission on Zoological Nomenclature, and the Sasquatch Genome Project is a collaboration of an interdisciplinary team of scientists from independent, public, and academic laboratories. Um, 
so it says here that the only, so this is what I was bringing up first about them being DNA samples in relation to Bigfoot. Um, it says here the only first official step in scientific recognition of the species was this Zoobank project. Um, the follow-up step would be to secure the recognition and inclusion of a DNA sample from Homo sapiens cognatus by GeneBank, which is a DNA repository whose catalog, though incomplete, was well recognized by the scientific community. GeneBank provides standardized accepted procedures for the collection and analysis of DNA samples. According to a statement, ZooBank and ICZN do not review evidence for the legitimacy of organisms to which names are applied, that outside our mandate and is really the job of the relevant biological community, in this case, the primatologists, to do that. When HS Cognatus was first registered, needless to say, we received a lot of inquiry about it. We scrutinized the original description and registration of the name as best as we could. And as far as we determined, all the requirements for establishing the name were fulfilled. Thus, the moment we have no grounds to reject the scientific name. So basically what Zubank is saying is that all that they did was register the name. As far as them being as far as them being in charge of reviewing legitimate evidence of DNA samples, that's not their job. That should have actually directly come from the primatologist. So it says here that the evidence advanced supporting the existence of such a large ape-like creature has often been attributed to hoaxes or delusion rather than sightings of a genuine creature. In a 1996 article, a Washington state zoologist by the name of John Crane said there is no such thing as Bigfoot and no data other than a material that's clearly been fabricated has been presented. In addition, scientists cite the fact that Bigfoot is alleged to live in regions unusually unusual for a large non-human primate. Um, for example, temperature or latitudes in the northern hemisphere because all recognized apes are typically found in the tropics of Africa or Asia. So the very famous primatologist Jane Goodall has gone on to say that she, she does believe that Bigfoot exists. Her quote was that, well, now you will be amazed when I tell you that I am sure that Bigfoots exist. The chairman for the Smolin Seminar on Questions of Hominology at the Darwin Museum in Moscow, Russia. His name is Dmitry Bayanov. He states that all researchers versed in the science do know that Bigfoot is a mammal because of the female's conspicu conspicuous mammae. So basically, uh, speaking of evidence of people seeing, supposedly seeing uh, female Bigfoots because they have breasts, they have mammary glands. All know. Con con what is it? That's something that they mentioned in the Patterson-Gimley footage, too, that apparently oh, yeah. this Bigfoot has breasts, so you it's a female Bigfoot. You need to calm the calamity in your memory. In your memories. I'm sorry. <laughs> All know that Bigfoot is a primate because of the dermal ridges on its soles, the diagnostic characteristics of primates. All hominologists, respectful of logic and the current classification of primates, Know that Bigfoot is a non-sapien hominid because of its non-human way of life and its bipedalism. One of the greatest scientific results of the 20th century was the discovery of relict hominids, more popularly known as 
the Abominable Snowman, Yeti, Yirin, Almas, Almasti, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, and etc. Actually, it was a rediscovery of these um, hominologists of what had been known to Western naturalists from antiquity to the middle of the 18th century when wild bipedal primates were originally classified by Carl Linnaeus as Homo troglodytes, which is essentially caveman, because the name troglodyte literally means cave dweller. Um, Eastern scholars and rural populations in many of worlds have, in many parts of the world, I should say, have been aware of wild hairy bipeds, uh, just known under different diverse popular names. So um, many mainstream scientists still do not consider the subject of Bigfoot um, to be credible science. And there have been a limited number of formal scientific studies uh, of Bigfoot. And like I said, I think a lot of that just leads back, as we mentioned before, there's been so many fakes and so many hoaxes out there that it hasn't been able to lead into any credible evidence because a lot of people don't want to investigate it. They just think it's pointless because they're just already, they already have it made up in their minds that it's fake because there's just been so many hoaxes out there. Um, apparently great apes have not been found in any fossil records in the Americas and no Bigfoot remains have ever been found. Um, the 1967 Patterson-Gimlin film has provided no supportive data of any scientific value, according to many anthropologists in the 1970s when quote-unquote Bigfoot experts were frequently given high-profile media coverage, uh, Oh, what's this guy's name? Claude? Yeah, sorry. Rights in the scientific <laughs> community generally avoided leading credence to the theories um, by debating them. So getting into the Patterson-Gimlin footage, the reason why a lot of, pretty much by the time this footage came about, there really wasn't a lot mentioned about Bigfoot. Uh, most reports originally, besides like what we mentioned, of what, what was reported in Native American folklore originally started in the 1800s, you know, right around into the early 1900s, but then really garnered a lot more attention in 1967 when this footage was released. So they actually shot this in Bluff Creek, which is an area in Northern California that has been notorious for Bigfoot sightings. Um, Roger Patterson, who uh, passed away in 1972, and Robert Gimlin were both the filmmakers that were there that day that found the that found the evidence that anybody can go online and see. Uh, Gimlin has always denied being involved in any part of a hoax. Um, he. He does a lot of Bigfoot conferences and appearance appearances now, but for a while he just completely avoided discussing the subject at all. Um, it said the film is 90 or 954 frames and it only runs for 59.5 seconds at 16 frames per second. Um, so it's only thought to have actually lasted for about 53 seconds. It was on October 20th, 1967. Um, but there's been, so there's been plenty of people out there who have said that this is fake. Um, there's been some evidence to suggest that friends of Patterson 
worked in the um, movie industries, that they took lie detector tests stating that they built a custom Bigfoot suit to make this. And there was supposedly a blank check written by, I can't remember if it was Patterson or Gimlin that was supposed to be money towards building this elaborate suit. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm one of these people where I am really, really up in the air on whether or not any of this exists. Um, it's hard to tell because if you want, honestly, if you haven't seen the footage, I don't know how <laughs> it's, it's yeah, I mean, literally, it's literally everywhere. everywhere. YouTube, um, you can look it up. It's, it's everywhere. There's a part of me that really thinks it's real. And there's a part of me that doesn't. And it's just, it's because he's blurry. <laughs> um obviously they didn't have like hd cameras back then excuse me but it's just part of it is it really looks like an ape walking like it really does it looks like the way an ape would walk but at the same time it also looks like a guy in a suit so it's it's so it's really hard honestly it really is i'm i'm also 50 50 i don't really know what it would take me to convince, like, what it would take to convince me that it's real, what it would con- take to convince me that it's not, you know? Obviously, if they came out and said it was, or he came out and said it wasn't, then obviously it's not. But he stood by his story, and he seems like a credible source, so it's just, it's hard to just say definitively yeah. one way or the other. Patterson, up until before he died in 1972, still remained a really active Bigfoot hunter. He actually went out in 1969. Um, and chase down any Bigfoot leads he could get. Uh, he was present in Bosburg, uh, Washington state after there were, uh, supposedly tracks found there that were, uh, plas- that they made in the plaster cast. Um, he even traveled to Thailand at one time to search for evidence of Bigfoot, which actually unfortunately turned out to be a hoax. Um, and he ended up dying of uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma in 1972. Patterson did. Uh, but yeah, like I said, so there, what leads into, so there's three different stories that lead people into thinking that it was actually fake. So it says in 95, almost three decades after the film, Greg Long, who was a technical writer for a technology firm who had a hobby of investigating and writing about Northwest mysteries, started years of interviewing people who knew Patterson and some of whom described him as a liar and a con man. Uh, a man named Marvin, which was a pseudonym, Jerry Lee Merritt, Pat. Mason, Glenn Colleague, and Bob Swanson suffered financially from dealings with him, as well as 21 small creditors who all sued Patterson uh, from a collection agency. So apparently Patterson was known to be, he owed a lot of people money, wasn't good with his credit, uh, wrote bad checks. Like the guy was kind of known as a bit of a con man around town. Uh, One woman named Vilma Radford claimed that Patterson never repaid a loan made to him or I'm sorry, I thought that was a female name, uh, for a Bigfoot movie Roger was planning. Okay, so this is where there was a $700 promissory note for expenses in connection with a Bigfoot film. So Patterson apparently was already planning on trying to make some type of movie about Bigfoot 
And Gimlin just kind of got roped into the whole thing. And I've even heard reports later that they had actually gone to Bluff Creek uh, to film parts for this movie and just so happened to come up on an actual Bigfoot. So I've heard them throw around that story too. Like anytime, because Bob Gimlin has obviously got gotten up there in age and his story kind of bounces around a little bit. And that has been one of the stories that I've heard when this evidence came out about this man named Vilma stating that there was money that was exchanged or supposed to be exchanged between him and Patterson about making this Bigfoot movie. And he's like, oh yeah, well, he did want to make a movie and we were scouting areas and around like Willow Creek and Bluff Creek, but then we happened to see a real Bigfoot. Because there's been people that have gone back to this area since, even though it's incredibly overgrown and looks a lot different than it did back in 1967. And they've never been able to find a Bigfoot since. People in the area have heard howls and wood knocks and different things like that, but nobody has ever. So how, why on that day in 1967 <laughs> did those guys just so happen to get very clear footage of a Bigfoot when no one else has been able to since? So. It's a decent, it's, it, I mean, it's a legit decent um, argument. A real argument. Yeah, that's why I said it's, I, I wanted so long to buy that it was. Because it looks like a suit, but it doesn't look like a person in a suit until I know there's also been evidence that's come out, too, that there was the, the guy that actually says he was the one in the suit. I do remember that. And yeah. there's footage out there of him doing the walk. And you're like, Ugh, like that. Yeah. There's still like a part of me, though, that once I think it's just. It's more like a part of me that wants to believe it. Because I do believe Bigfoot is real. I do right. believe he's real. So I want to believe so bad that this footage is real. And, you know, don't, no disrespect to, to, you know, Gimlin, because I know he still does a lot of conventions and a lot of people have met him and said he's a very nice man. And I'm sure he is a very nice man. But, you know, Patterson's reputation was just really not a good one yep. i mean this guy was a hoaxer this guy was a con man this guy owed people money and there's just a lot of evidence out there that he paid for a fake suit that he was supposed to be making this movie and that the whole reason even the camera so this is where the bad check comes in i'm sorry the bad check comes in when he rented the camera so the camera that he actually shot the footage on was rented that he wrote a bad check for so it wasn't even his camera that's why the footage, that's why it took so long for the actual footage to even be released. And even some view, like that wasn't even the original footage that we see now because there were lawsuits pending from the original footage, even from the person that he owed money to for the bad check that he wrote for renting the fucking camera. I mean, there's just, there's too much. When someone's credibility comes into question, it's really hard for me to believe. That's why I said I believed for so long until more came out about Patterson. And well, some of this stuff that you're granted saying, the I guy's didn't even dead. Know. Granted, the guy's dead, and he can't defend himself. But now, more, some of the stuff didn't... that you were saying, I didn't even know. So I take back about what I said. He just 
doesn't. He's not a credible source, clearly. He just did Yeah. Like I said, Mr. Gimlin is still alive. And I apologize. I mean no disrespect to him whatsoever. And a lot of people have met him who are Bigfoot enthusiasts and say he's a very nice man. But unfortunately, Patterson is no longer alive to defend himself. But the guy just did not have a lot of credibility. And if you're not a credible source, I'm sorry. I just, it's hard for me to believe you. Yeah. So I hate that. I hate that because I really wish that that there was somewhere some some definitive evidence that that could be proven that somebody really could back up out there. We've always said if we ever saw one, I'm like, I hope I'm not shaking. Oh my god! That's well, it wouldn't matter. He's blurry. Actually, like he's already blurry. Anyway. He's already blurry. He's already blurry. Um. So we'll get into more. <laughs> that has, how terrifying would that be, though? If you're just you never seen a Bigfoot before, and then you see one, and everything's clear, but it's blurry. It's blurry as fuck. I'd be right like, you. what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> no, no. How is this possible? No, no, I don't like this. I'd be like, I don't like this. I'd be I like, bitch, I don't even fucking this. care that you're a Bigfoot. Why are you blurry? <laughs> what, what species is this? Blurticus? Blurticus erectus. Oh. <laughs> that was amazing. Oh. That sound. That was incredible. <laughs> Blurticus erectus. Oh, I did want to mention real quick. So I believe we're about to start talking. Oh, I remember you telling me about Bigfoot porn. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, yeah, we'll get in. We'll get into that here in just a bit. Oh my Why god, that is a thing that exists. I was like um, gagging. I did want to mention that there was a systematic genetic analysis of thirty hair samples that were suspected to be Bigfoot or Sasquatch that were studied by the University of Oxford and published in a report called The Proceedings of the Royal Society in 2014. Um, all the ones that were tested, this was from that Gen Bank, going back to Zoo Bank. Um, the samples submitted were from the United States, Russia, the Himalayas, and Sumatra. Um, other than one sample being of human origin, um, all of them were either black or brown bear, cow, horse, dog, wolf, sheep, goat, raccoon, porcupine, or deer hair. Um, so the last two samples were thought to match a fossilized genetic sample of a 40,000-year-old polar bear. However, a later study disputed that finding. So pretty much most of the hairs tested were bears. And typically, if you if you think about the areas that a lot of purported Bigfoot sightings are, there's a lot of bears. Pacific Northwest, Canada, Russia. Yeah. All the bears. All the bears. Which actually would be a really amazing food source, if you think about it. Um, and I also wanted to bring up the fact of saying why a lot of people have said, like, why aren't there, why have there never been any dead Bigfoot found? Well, I mean, you got to think, if if anybody knows how, like, the ecosystem of some of these areas, like, if it's not found immediately, I mean, that would be saying, like, people that have hiked in areas, why don't I always see a bear, a bear carcass? Why don't I always see a deer? Well, because a lot of times coyotes and different scavengers will come around and that it's it can be gone in a matter of, I mean, if you've ever seen documentaries where they talk about, you know, in, in areas like that, where if a bear or a deer or something dies, I mean, within a matter of seconds there's scavengers out there taking them so by the time coyotes and stuff take it all away then you've got vultures and stuff that come in and get the leftovers and then you've got 
you know, beetles and other little insects that come in that eat away what's left of the flesh. And then that could probably take it. like a process of like three to four days, maybe. It, yeah. At the very least. And like, what are the odds that you're going to be in an area like that anyway? Because if there's scavengers around that area, bear, coyote and all that kind of stuff, you're going to want to stay away from them because they're predators. Or that could be in very remote areas that very well likely someone, something like Bigfoot could survive, but that a human would be very dangerous to get to. Right. So that instance. Because there's places in the world people can't go to. Exactly. They're just not meant, you know, weather-wise. And I'm going to be straight up. I think Bigfoot are smart as hell. Oh, I do too. I think they're fucking crazy intelligent. And you know, a lot of times animals, when they're, when they know they're dying, they want, they go to an area of seclusion. So if a Bigfoot knows it's dying, it could very well go to one of those extremely rural areas because it knows it's going to be alone and dies there. Or caves, like when it goes yeah. back, when it when they went, when that one anthropologist brought up uh, them being connected to, like, troglodytes. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we not know they don't dwell in caves? Or, or like you said, when they know that they're about to die, that they're wanting to go to a place so secluded, a cave. I mean, that would be a perfect area to go. And where there are caves, again, bears. So if there was a carcass, bears would eat it. It'd be gone. And bones eventually... Disintegrate back into exactly. the ground. So they're... Yep. By the time insects and stuff get a hold of it. and Yeah, exactly. And the reason you don't see them is because they're just more rare than any other animal. I definitely There's a don't lot of animals out there that are going into in- extinct- extinction. Extinction. Mass extinctions, yeah. Exactly. And, if, if, like, say an animal that's going into extinction, you probably never find a carcass of it. So, that's my excuse for that. Right. So going back into the story about um, Dr. Melba Ketchum, um, she's actually a veterinarian. So after she didn't, she, there was an article in the Huffington Post that described a five-year study of purported DNA samples. Again, back to Melba Ketchum and um, the evidence I originally read back about uh the Sasquatch, Sasquatch Genome Project. I could not get that get those two words out together. Can't imagine um, why. <laughs> it's like, there was a press release issued on November 24th, 2012, claiming that uh, they had found proof that Sasquatch is a human relative that arose approximately 15,000 years ago as a hybrid between Homo sapiens with an unknown primate species. Ketchum called for this to be recognized officially, saying that government at all levels must recognize them as indigenous people and immediately protect them with human and constitutional rights against those who would physically, who would see them and their physical and cultural differences as a license to hunt, trap, or kill them. So basically, I remember when this came out. So basically what she was trying to do is she was trying to protect Sasquatch as a species saying that it was related to humans, so it should have been treated with the same human and constitutional rights as we are. Which, again, like I said, that is very unlikely to determine that Sasquatch is related to a human and a primate, because you don't have any... If it comes back with Homo sapien DNA, then... Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know how you could say that that definitively is definitively is a Sasquatch because that just means it's, it's a link between a 
homo sapien and a human. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a Sasquatch. Could have been a whole kinda, different discovery, but... I'm kind of like you. I feel like if it, if it is connected to homo sapien, it could be a different species. It could be a different breed of a homo sapien than we haven't discovered yet. Exactly. Not necessarily a Bigfoot, because I'm with you. If it's a Bigfoot, it ain't going to have... It ain't going to relate to nothing. Yeah. It's going to be inconclusive. Exactly. So, failing to find a scientific journal that would publish the results, Ketchum announced on February 13th, 2013, that their research had been published in De Novo Journal of Science. Huffington Post discovered that the journal's domain had only been registered anonymously nine days before that announcement. It was the only edition of De Novo was listed as Volume 1, Issue 1, with its only content being that of Ketchum's paper. So, that was a little suspect. Um, shortly after the publication, the paper was analyzed and outlined by Sharon Hill of Doubtful News, uh, the committee from Skeptical Inquiry. Hill reported that the questionable journal mismanaged DNA testing uh, and on poor quality paper stating that the few experienced geneticists who viewed it reported a dismissal of opinion noting that it made little sense. Scientist Magazine also analyzed it, reporting that geneticists who have seen the paper are not impressed. To state the obvious, no data or analysis are presented in any way to support the claim that the samples come from a new primate or a human-primate hybrid. That's what I'm saying. She had nothing to test against it to say that's what it was. Uh, Leonid Krulak of the Princeton University told the Houston Chronicle instead of analyses either come back as 100% human or they fail in ways that suggest technical artifacts. The website for the De Novo Journal was set up on February 4th and there is no indication that Ketchum's work, the only published that was studied, was peer-reviewed. Claims about the origins and characteristics of Bigfoot have crossed over with other paranormal claims, including that Bigfoot and UFOs are related, which I'm not buying. I have heard this argument. I There is a show that I really like called Ancient Aliens that did an entire episode purporting that Bigfoot was an alien, and I am just, I'm definitely not believing that. I'm sorry. I, nope. you know, to each their own, but no, I'm not buying that. that. either. So, I think it's an actual... I think it is an actual, yeah, an actual animal. Um, so there are several Bigfoot orga- organizations <laughs> that are in the United States, and one of them is the BR- BFRO, Brofo. Um, Brofro for Big Beats. Yeah, they are run by Matt Moneymaker. If you know anything about the BFRO, they had that long-running show called Finding Bigfoot, which at first was comical and then... I never um, cared for it. I never cared for it myself. You know, I watched it at first. I watched it to I see it what was it was pretty, about. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, and then it just got to where it just became so comical that it just was less believable. And guys, they're, they made you believe that it was just a crew of four of them going out there. And then the longer the show went on, it's like, of course you guys aren't going to fuck. First of all, you've got like 18 people tramping out in the woods with bright lights and their cameras. Bigfoot is smart. He's like, deuces, I'm out of here. He sees them coming from a mile away. Like, I'm not buying it. I'm also, not buying they, they it can't find a fucking Bigfoot every single episode and not find him. They never found anything. 
Because they were always like, oh my god, do you hear the sounds? Oh my god, he's over here. It was always wood knocks and bullshit. And then that's when I said the show just started to become comical. Like, they were leaving out. There was one episode, I don't even remember where they were at, but they left out, like, donuts for him or something. Like, it was just fucking stupid. Like, it just, it got to where it was just like, Bitch, you can leave donuts out for me. Like, Like I said, same. Exactly. That's why I'm like. It's my fam. Look, if I want to smell them donuts, are they Dunkin'? I'm just saying. Uh, are they those pumpkin cake ones? Are they pumpkin cake donuts? You see me? You'd, you'd fucking be seeing me like. I would be out there immediately. I would be like, whoa! Bigfoot, Bigfoot wouldn't even have a fucking chance. I would. I would make a them. Bigfoot noise. I'd be like, oh! I'd be like, hit something. And I'm like, oh my god, it's Bigfoot! And I'm like, no, it's just me. No, it's just me. It's your friendly neighborhood pumpkin spice girl. <laughs> Are those fucking donuts? Are those fucking donuts? Basic, basic Bigfoot. (laughs) I sound more like those you don't speak of, actually. You couldn't get me a latte with this donut, bitch? No. Latte! (laughs) Fucking beat the wood. Where's my latte? Where's my latte, bitch? I love it. (laughs) Oh my god. Bigfoot being the fucking PSL uh, spokesperson now. Like they are for Jack Lanks. Oh my god. So that goes more into the popular culture of Bigfoot. He's pretty much taken on a phenomenon in his own. Do, 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 do. Um he's oh, the excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> that was a phenomenon. That came out of nowhere. I was just looking and I'm like, but oh, I'm sorry. Burped in everybody's fucking ear. Let me just be super ladylike oh right now. Oh my god, guys. It wasn't that bad. I'm glad it wasn't that bad. Oh my <laughs> fucking. <laughs> they were like, whoa. People gotta take it. Someone was out. like, like, okay. Um, so more recently, like Casper mentioned the Jack Link's beef jerky commercials. If anybody remembers the old Geico commercials. There was the caveman. Was that was caveman? It was caveman. But still, it's all like related. It's all related. So, um, I think probably though the most famous movies that came out. (laughs) Oh God! Here we go. (laughs) Legend of Boggy Creek. Everybody fucking remembers Legend of Boggy Creek. Legend of Boggy Creek. Nineteen seventy-two is when the Legend of Boggy Creek came out. Someone send me that film. I will pay you. Yeah, if somebody could please send that movie to us, we have been dying. <laughs> I have never seen it. Uh, My dad claims to have had it, and then he claimed he let me Casper borrow it, and I don't seen it have it. Was a kid, and I'm like, somebody please buy us this movie. Just, just. I will. I will pay you back. Like I will. If you have a PayPal account, let's talk. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's Bingo. talk. <laughs> like holy shit! Um, if you have the movie and want to sell it to me, <laughs> I will. As long as it's not like fucking fifty dollars, then right. We'll let's talk. be let's be reasonable about it. So um, best Bigfoot kind of, movie hands down though, and that was kind of more on the scary end of Bigfoot. Um, in nineteen eighty seven, we have one of my personal favorites, Harry and the Hendersons, which took on more of a comical, loving version of Bigfoot. This family finds a Sasquatch and they return him to his family. Spoiler alert: There's a whole family of of them in the woods. Um, I fucking loved Harry and the Andersons. Can I just say that every time I still, I still cry at the fucking end of the movie. It gets me every time. (laughs) It's very nostalgic. Um, you know, as well as we said, you know, finding Bigfoot, there's been various shows out there and documentaries. Um, there's another amazing, now, whereas Legend of Boggy Creek 
I will say the only other movie, since I haven't seen it, that I would say matches that would be Willow Creek. And um, that was directed by um, Bobcat Goldthwait. Yes, that Bobcat Goldthwait. And it is incredible. If any of you get a chance to see it, he made it in 2013. It's pretty much like a found footage film of this couple that go into the woods to find Bigfoot. It's on Amazon Prime, and it's one of my personal favorites. I really, really enjoy it. I really liked it a lot. Um, but to end this podcast, we'll get into a little bit more of a of of some creepy shit. Um, so well, wait, I got wait introduced- <laughs> wait. I want to talk about this motherfucking movie called Abominable. Oh God, yeah. Get and <laughs> I just I gotta share this story. It's okay. So I was thirteen. And, you know, I told you I have this connection with my dad with Bigfoot. And he found Abominable and a movie called, I don't know what it's called, but (laughs) Abominable was about the Yeti and this other movie was about Bigfoot. Now, the movie about Bigfoot was actually pretty good. And I remember, now, remind you, I'm 13. Horror was not in my vicinity at that point. I was terrified of Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's where I was at in my life. So, no offense, that ending is still pretty fucked up. Well, it fucked me up when the guy's Rares skin was melting off That's his what I'm face. Saying. Like low key, Rares of the Lost so that fucked me fucked up. up. Um, but my dad wanted to watch those movies because he thought they were more documentary style. He was thinking more Legend of Boggy Creek because Legend of Boggy Creek is actually documentary style. Um, but the Bigfoot movie was not. And that towards the end of the movie, this girl, I will never forget this. This girl is hiding like in a tree or a cave and her stomach is gone. Just completely eaten out of like whatever the Bigfoot, I guess, ate her stomach. But she was alive still, barely. Um, so that movie ended. And then this movie called Abominable started. This movie is on Amazon Prime and I don't, I don't know if it's on anything else. It's it's but, pretty funny. I had never heard of it till she mentioned it, and then I watched it, and I'm sorry. Me and my husband both watched it. I'm sorry. No, it was pretty funny actually. It makes it makes for a good laugh, but I can understand a kid being scared of it. I'm sure there were movies I watched as a kid where I probably could watch now and go, "Okay, that was not scary." Well, too, like that's the first time I'd ever seen anything like that. Well, so, like you said, you didn't grow up with horror like I did, so. Anything like that would have been scary to you at that yeah. time. I, I totally So this guy, that. like, lives out in the wilderness. He's, he went back. You have to remind me. He's that, in a wheelchair. Yeah, I remember that part. And goes to this cabin and... He keeps seeing it. Like, it's yeah. eyes. Like, he keeps hearing it. And there's, and a, there's a cabin next to him with mm-hmm. these... These girls like, came to, like, stay the weekend yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And, well, eventually the Yeti gets to him. And there's a part in the movie where this girl's upstairs and it reaches through the ceiling, grabs her. Like, I haven't seen this movie in, I think, maybe five or six years. He reaches through the ceiling, grabs her, pulls her down, and then takes a chunk out of her neck and kills her that way. Now, I look back on it now. It looks so fake. Like, there's... There's no redeeming qualities. <laughs> it just, it looks so incredibly fake. Go back to 13-year-old me, who'd never seen anything like that. I slept with my lights on for a week and sobbed that night because I was so fucking terrified because we lived next to woods. 
And I was like, this motherfucker is going to come out of those woods, open the door of my house, walk up my stairs (laughs) to my bed and kill me. I had my every single light on I could in my room, including nightlights. There was no dark corners. That bitch wasn't getting anywhere near me. I literally that night went to bed sobbing and my stomach hurt because it scared me so bad. And my I'm mom was really yelling sorry. at my dad. I'm my mom really was yelling at my dad that. because she's like, how can you? She's like, you need to turn it off. And my dad's like still super into it, <laughs> like watching it. And my mom was like, you need to turn it off. So I actually got up and went to the bathroom and almost threw up. I was so scared. I have never been that scared in my life. And if you watch that movie now, you'll just die laughing at that part. Because it looks so, it looks like this thing took plastic off of a dummy and then there was like a blood pump that someone was just like pushing and like blood was like that's why I said I I'm over here like trying not to laugh because I feel so I you describing it I'm like horrified over here at the thought of you watching this and being so terrified that you sobbed and threw up because you were so upset about this movie because I'm like my god that it's not movie good it's really not that serious <laughs> it's really it really not. isn't guys seriously you could watch it at 13 now and go like and again i'm i'm trying to be defensive because at 13 if i would have watched that movie it would have not scared me at all but then again casper and i grew up totally differently completely completely differently you imagine growing up in a baptist family where you don't watch anything that has blood and gore in it and, and that's the seeing very that. first thing that you were introduced that had blood and gore in it i i would totally understand that's why i'm i'm trying to be sensitive because i did watch it and i'm like it's no i watch oh it my now God, there is well, literally the, nothing scary about that here's the follow-up to that story i'm at my grandma's about five or six years ago watching tv casually and guess what i found that fucking movie. And I was like, oh my god, I have to... This is me being a horror, like, now. At that point. At yeah. that point, I'm like, okay, I gotta watch this like, again. I watched like... it, and my grandma was like, oh, what's this? And I was like, it's this movie I watched when I was really young, scared the fuck out of me. Um, I have to watch it again now that I'm older, and I'm like, I'm a horror guru. After I watched it, I looked at my grandma, and you guys know the emoji with the three lines in it? That was my face. <laughs> I was like... This scared you? Bitch, what the fuck? (laughs) Of course, I do that now with The Grudge, because The Grudge was one of the first horror movies I ever saw that terrified the fuck out of me, and now I watch it, and I'm like, this movie's stupid. Oh, yeah, I can go It's not, no, it's not stupid. It's not scary, though. Um, The second one was stupid. You on. The second one was stupid. (laughs) I'm glad I didn't see you on first, because I think I never would have watched horror movies again. Oh, yeah, the the um, Japanese versions are always scarier. Yeah, I watched that movie, and my grandma was like, oh, that movie was decent, and I'm like, it was so bad. I'm like, I was scared. I had my lights on for a fucking week and sobbed because of this movie. It's so bad. And then, like, I got Becky to watch it, and she was just like, um, I was like, I know. I'm well aware that this is the movie that terrified the fuck out of me, and it's awful. That's why I said I I can't judge because if you I told my dad about it too. It's like I said. Do you remember that movie years ago that we watched that I was terrified of? It was that Bigfoot movie that you ended up having to turn off, and he he was like, 
Yeah, I actually do remember that. I said I found it on TV the other day and watched it and it was awful. And I'm sorry for making you turn it off because it was scared the fuck out of me because it wasn't scary at all. And I said that looked so fake. And he's like, it looked fake to me, but I didn't want to just like discount your fear because he's like, you were clearly upset. And he was an adult, <laughs> you know, so he got it. I get it. But anyway, that's my that's my abominable story. Everyone go watch Abominable. It's terrible. <laughs> it's on Prime now. It's I'm on Prime. Laugh out of it. Um, I'll just go into this really quick because um, I, thanks again, Joe Rogan, because I literally knew nothing about this until him. So that's great. Um, Thanks, Joe Rogan. (laughs) So apparently there is a thing out there that exists, or at least did it one time, uh, called Bigfoot Erotica. And it literally all came from a 40-year-old woman named Virginia Wade. Uh, who started writing these fucking books called Come for Bigfoot. (laughs) And yes, come the way you think they're spelled. Uh, They're still on sale on Amazon Prime. You can get the entire series of books. Yes, there was more than one of them. That's all I'm going to say. Y'all, someone out there is probably writing erotica about fucking a skinwalker. Like, can we not... There is a, there's like a cryptid erotica thing. There's like a whole thing out there, but it originally started with this lady specifically with come for Bigfoot. And it was just all of it just really all it was is just these weird rape fantasies of Sasquatch raping and having sex with young women running around the woods. Um, so I bet there's where apparently dinosaur porn is a thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm reading all dinosaur guys. It's out there. It's out there. I'm telling you it's dinosaur dinosaur. If it exists. Um, here's a few, that would rip your body to shreds. Here's a few excerpts from come for Bigfoot. He smelled of animal hide, which was heady and pungent. (laughs) Then he touched my face with the pads of his big black fingers. Here's another one. Oh, God. Mating with this animal, part man, part beast, was as unthinkable as having sex with a donkey. And yet here I was reveling in the experience and not wanting it till it to end until he come. Oh, my God. I'm going to fucking throw up. Then <laughs> again, guys, and I'm putting it out there, Beauty and the Beast, anyway. Um, yeah. Made that into a whole ass Disney movie that y'all took y'all kids to and had the nerve to complain about a gay character and nothing about bestiality, which was clear in the entire movie. So y'all want to judge come for Bigfoot? Not that I would read that garbage, but all I'm going to say is Beauty and the Beast. I mean, that is bestiality. All I'm going to say. But apparently there is a whole thing. Actually, when she wrote these books in 2010, by 2014, they actually had to start going through Amazon and banning a lot of this because it just took on a life of its own. There was a gay author out there that wrote an entire thing about like gay Bigfoots. So apparently like gay Bigfoot's a thing now because, you know, we don't want to judge. But oh, maybe- don't forget, Pennywise <laughs> is anti-LGBTQ. Yeah. So clearly, oh we God, give a fuck based- about what I monster. Wanna, I want to go there. We're we clearly give there. a fuck about what monster sexuality is. So I don't give a fuck. Yeah, Sasquatch could be gay, guys. Like God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making a face right now. No, I'm I'm just- like. 
Now just imagining somebody showing up at the next Pride in a, a Bigfoot big costume. And I'm like, oh my God, guys. Oh my God. <laughs> Did you guys see that bear? And they would walk, and let's walk over here. Take these long strides. That's amazing. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, I love it. Yeah, so that was a great way to end on that. Um, <laughs> LGBTQ Bigfoot. Big, big feats. Bro-fro for big feats. Wait, bro-fro <laughs> for gay big feats. For gay big feats. Because who are we to judge? I will never judge a Bigfoot in my life. If you want to fuck other men, Bigfoots, men, other male Bigfoots and females want to fuck other, I don't see how that would work. But, I don't I either, mean, but whatever. If, you know. I mean, you can do it. If, if you got, if you're a part human and you know, you, you find a dildo, have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to go there. I'm telling you guys, when I found that out, I'm like, well, she told me about it one day and I was this like, with everybody. With everybody. I'm sure there are werewolf ones, too. The lady of... This this woman apparently now regrets writing those posts. Ragrets. <laughs> All the ragrets. She made quite a bit of money. At one time, it was like $90,000. Of course, then again, I've always heard... Books, so, I've mean, always heard there's a fetish for everything. So There, there is a... Yeah. Hey, <laughs> there is. There is. It doesn't do it for me. But watch my strange addiction. Me either. It will fuck up your thing. <laughs> Bigfoot doesn't do it for me, but you know. Go watch your Bigfoot porn. Girl, have fun. Go have your Bigfoot porn. Have fun with that. Bigfoot porn. Oh my god. Okay. Oh we wow, look at that. Almost two that. hours. That was fun. That was fun. That I was really a good one. That, one. that was funny. I felt like it was informative. Probably pissed off a few people, but whatever. Sorry, plans and shams. <laughs> <laughs> plans and shams. I love how the shit. <laughs> Becky's my, over here throwing and her that phone. was my phone. <laughs> oh my god, that's how you know we're done. I can't breathe. I'm throwing phones. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, next week is really exciting because oh we my have god, a guest. this month is going to be great, and I'm so excited about next week. We have a guest yet. So next week is going to be all about. I can't do it too long though because I want to get sued. So <laughs> yes, I adore John Carpenter because it's still happening right him. now. Um, Halloween series is next week, and our very good friend Mr. Chris will be on with us because he Michael Myers is his everything. His everything. We've actually, uh, I actually got to meet the guy who played the original shape with him. And he was like watching a child meeting their hero. It was the cutest thing. And he's so excited. Because I asked him, I was like, do you just want to be on the podcast? And he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, um, wow. Um, He's like, let me work this out immediately. So we're really excited to have him on next week. And um, I'm going to post another post, of course, about the week after. It will be the listeners episode. We're still trying to figure out what to do. Hells yeah. Yeah. Um, but we've we got did. some really good suggestions. I feel like we have. Yeah. I mean, all of them are kind of. We've got plenty of time for you guys to send in more and time to kind of figure out from there. But so far, we've got some really great ideas. I'm excited. And now, a word from our sponsor. Calm your body down. Big feet. 
And no, there will be no Bigfoot bath bombs. Oh my god, bath bombs in the shape of a foot. In the shape of a foot. And a foot. And a feet. And if you have two of them, then you can create feet. I'm sorry. Spot on idea. We have bath bomb foots and feet. Um, <laughs> we have bath feet. We have bath feet for foots. Um, if foots get into the point where it doesn't sound like a word anymore. I know. No. Like when you say a word so many times so and you're many like. Times, it's like, is that even real? Is that a real word? Um, so thank you to everybody who has been supportive so far of the pumpkin spice and the apple cinnamon ones. They have been a huge hit. Um, I know I announced on the last podcast about some other new scents that are coming up. One in particular, I don't want to announce just quite yet, but, um, since we are getting into October, um, the Halloween ones, I do plan on announcing next week on the idea of what we're doing. Um, they're only going to be exclusive through this month. That's it. They're only going to be an exclusive Halloween bath bomb just for this month. And I will announce those next week. I'll have them up for sale on the Etsy shop. But for now, thank you for all your support. Check the check out and follow at CRBD. That's the Instagram page. And everything is for sale on the Etsy shop. Calm your body down. Search on Etsy. Um, the link is in the biography on the Instagram page. And thank you again to everybody for your support. Um, if you are a follower of the podcast and you would like free shipping, DFWTO is the code word. Um, and you'll get free shipping on everything. So thank you. Calm your body down. Um, so as of right now, we stand at 299 subscribers on Podbean, which is awesome. Um, that's incredible for getting featured on Podbean. Still, thank you for Pod, thank you Podbean for doing that. Um, hell yeah. But we stand at 299, which is really, really cool. So thank you to all of our new followers. We super appreciate that. Um, excuse me. And of course, if you want to follow us on any of the... Social media sites, uh, we have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us at Don't Fuck With The Original. You can also search the Twitter handle at DFWTO8811. If you have any questions, concerns, or want to just say hey or give us a suggestion for the listener podcast, you can send an email to DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. You can also just like send us a thing, a message on Facebook or Instagram, you know, whatever. You can do that too. Um, and then. Is that everything? <laughs> I was like, did I... I think everything? you pretty much got everything. You got all our social media, how to contact us. Oh, and you can also find the podcast on CastBox, Podbean, Podcast Player, Podcast Addicts, and Spotify. Give us a follow, give us a subscribe, and you'll always have notifications when we post new episodes. Okay, Michael Myers next week. Don't miss it. Yay, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, bye.